Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir. And this is a teen drama finale. Finale? Yeah. I mean, it is a finale. Yeah. Uh, here's a peek behind the scenes. This is our second time recording this introduction. And yet I was still confused by it. Because, <laughs> because our, uh, our, uh, our, what do you call it, our recording uh, crashed right after we went on this huge tear about how this series makes no sense. But you know what? It makes such little sense. <laughs> we can do it again. We can do it again. We can talk about this series again. Like, for example, we learned something. We From a great fan. Yeah. An awesome fan. A great fan passed on uh, something from the showrunner, because I personally don't... It's a weird thing to say. I personally don't follow the behind-the-scenes stuff of the show. Everything I get from this show is from watching the show. Agreed. Which is why last episode, I was like, I don't know. Some person said that Lenny, <laughs> Lily Reinhardt did her best acting in the finale. They must have seen a screener. Um, it, it spoiler was, alert. It was the showrunner. It was the showrunner. Yeah. And we also learned something from the showrunner. Passed to us once again by a dear fan. Which we assume was the showrunner because the fan used an acronym, which I think is the showrunner's no, initials. Fair. It's a fair assumption. Anyway, thank you, dear fan. We learned that this entire TV show has spanned over uh, four months. Which means that it has gone from September to January. Which means... <clears throat> they have rehearsed going, and performed. Going back to past, the past. Going back to carry the musical. An entire musical in a week. Which is so it, it's so crazy they decided to do that. Because they had to have had a moment where the writers' room sat down and were like, Okay, look, we all know how long it takes to put on a musical. We're writers on TV. Presumably, We've all been in high school musicals. Presumably we have an idea of high school. We've all been in high school. So we, we're fine with just expediting this process. And they all decided, like, we're, we're fine with this plot hole. And they're like, yeah. Which, I mean, like, I can't fault them because... Yeah, you sort of want things to go along. But why make the choice to do a musical? Also, a musical is a really clever way of doing, like, a montage passing of time. You could make, like, three months pass in a rehearsing montage. Unfortunately, it makes it seem very clearly that, like, the episode before the Carrie musical, they ha he had not cast Carrie yet. Which is insane. I'm just gonna say, most musicals... Like, most high school musicals that have a short rehearsal time, they start rehearsing in, like, September and perform in early December. Yeah. And that's, like, a short time. Most musicals do, like, September until February. And we're going into the musical thing because we talked about it a whole bunch. But it was just a weird choice for them to do. Like, they could have, like, it's, they definitely were like, we want to do a musical. And they set that down, like, we're going to do this. Because that would be like doing a pregnancy in one episode and being like, because it's so it's so time constrained. You know how long it takes. Okay, let's talk about pregnancies. <laughs> Them babies. Oh yeah, we see Polly's. Uh, we see more of Polly's babies. We saw them in, in an earlier episode as well. Yeah, those babies are not. Um... Those babies are a good six months old. Like they're gonna start walking. Yeah, soon. if we assume that this ep man, I thought they said second semester. I swear, unless the second semester starts in like November. Anyway, uh, presumably this last season, I guess, maybe took place over two months? There was a Christmas episode. This season, yes. Yeah. So maybe two months? Yeah. Okay, so this season... Because 
did it become winter this season or last season? Last season, because last season was um last season was maple harvesting time, which is not in October. And when did the snow come? Because that Ma- was a thing. That was last season. That was during during the um ma- the maple syrup harvesting time. They cool. were in the snow. So first season four weeks, second season three <laughs> months, I guess. Who knows? Those babies are not that are they're. I, well, you can't they show, are not enough babies. Now, let's be clear. That actually is something that is just a TV thing. Like, for anyone, we're, we're playing on a little bit. But you can't put that super young babies on on uh, TV for a few reasons. But so, like, some of them being logistically, like, you can't. Uh, some of them being legally, you can't. But, like, maybe you just don't show the babies and their faces and their cute little arms waving around and you just show people holding bundles. Yeah, yeah, you do the American Sniper thing where he clearly has a fake baby. You ever seen that scene? Do it just like that. There's a scene in American Sniper where he picks up a baby and the baby is definitely not a real baby. And and he holds it in his arms and it is uncomfortable for everyone involved, including the audience. Semi-relatedly, let's talk about how Luke Perry Andrews... And Moose are just wandering around that town like they've never been shot in the heart. Yeah, no, they're they're uh, they're fine after being shot. <sighs> Not long ago. Not if it's been four months, they were shot like <laughs> two months ago, Max. Yeah, a friend of mine bumped her head, and it has like changed Derailed. her life. Yeah, where is Moose's <laughs> concussion? Guys, these guys got shot. Uh, like, Moose got shot a lot. Yeah. And he's just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Where are the concussion symptoms? I mean, I don't think I, I don't think they got a concussion. Maybe Moose, I mean, maybe Luke Perry fell down, hit his head. Maybe Moose, like, fell down, hit his head. I'm just going to spoil, spoiler alert for this episode. Yeah. Are you trying to tell me that Jughead Jones should not have a concussion? Oh, no, he should have every concussion should jughead jones be walking around this episode you know what? let's get into this episode we will talk about this because there's things i want to say about that uh so this is it this is season two episode 22 brave new world brave new world so we start out and uh, Betty, Archie, Veronica are standing in front of a grave. Talking so cryptically. And then Betty. So sadly. And Betty touches it. And on the grave it says. Forsyth Jones. The third. The third. And we're like, oh, it's a dream. But cool. whose dream? And we're like, is it, is it Betty's dream? No, it's Jughead's. It, oh, all right. I was going to go through a whole thing. No, Kevin. The show gives us no suspense. I give you no suspense. I don't think we need. I think we all knew that Jughead was not going to die in the second last episode of the season. But you know, cool, whatever. Uh, but what he does, he what he does wake up into is a long winded story from FP as he explains what happened that morning. Jughead Jones, he wakes up into a brave new world. Yeah. Uh, so it turns out the brawl still happened as we suspected because. W- because he didn't tell anyone. Yeah, he just walked into the woods, <laughs> and everyone had already the, voted they were going to kill the ghoulies. All, and all they knew was Jughead got beaten up by the ghoulies. Like, Jughead, you didn't tell anyone you were doing this, so all they knew is you got beaten up, which would just make them angrier. Also, no one knows what you did, including the audience. <laughs> yeah. In retrospect, having watched this entire episode, 
There is no payoff of what Jughead did. I'm not even sure what the deal he made with uh, Hiram at the end of the last episode was. Yeah, he was like, I will give myself up. So and then Jughead he- will be murdered and then all will be well? I Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, uh, so yeah. Not only was there a brawl, though, Fangs is alive. Yeah, turns out, <laughs> once again, off screen, turns out he, uh, the deputy lied FP. Because the sheriff is in uh, Hiram's pocket, I guess. And then Jughead, is it Jughead or F? One of them goes on this huge tangent of like, oh, of course. They lied to us that Fangs was dead, which would make us get in a fight with the ghoulies so that we would have a fight with the ghoulies, which I guess would mean that we, that, that, that our trailer park, we would lose our trailer park because we got in a fight with the ghoulies and the ghoulies burned down our trailer park. And that's a really good thing for Hiram because... Plotting. Yes, it's, and as FB says, it was like shooting snakes in a barrel. And I leaned into the screen and I slapped Skeet Ulrich in the face. And I'm like, you just said that. You said the line like shooting snakes in a barrel. But Kevin, the trailer park fell. The serpents were defeated. Many of them ran out of town. Some of them went into hiding. Some of them joined the ghoulies. Some of them, who knows? I don't, but I don't. I don't know. I don't care about any of this. And I don't know why. I don't know why anything is happening anymore. Because, Kevin, this is a damn Shakespearean drama. It's like I'm in the coma and I'm just getting, like, like parts of what's going on in the outside world. But it's getting melded in with, like, someone left the TV on. So I'm getting, like, days of our lives in there. <sighs> FP, not a real character in the Shakespearean drama. Just a messenger from Sparta. Delivering the news of the battle, or that, or that guy who ran to marathon to and then died, and then died. <laughs> My favorite person from Greek history, <laughs> the forty-five-year-old man who ran to marathon to let him know that they won, and then died. Twenty-six point six miles, too many miles <laughs> for a forty-five-year-old man in that time. For anyone, don't drop. Run. <laughs> don't, don't run a marathon. If there's one thing that you can take from Mystery Outsiders and Abs, don't run. Don't run. Don't run. Don't try. Especially 26.2 <laughs> miles. Don't. Too many miles. Don't try. Don't try at all. Uh, but then we cut over to Betty. Who also visits Jughead into the hospital. Yeah. yeah it's, a lot, it's a lot of, we get a lot of Jughead time. And they talk about Hal and how Jughead is so sad he wasn't there for her. And how atonement is necessary. And all I could think in this scene is, I'm like, so does Betty have a million dollars? Because she did turn in the black hood. She turned him in, and that bounty happened. So you can't take that bounty back. I know it doesn't really do anything. It didn't change anything at all. But But the Lodges promised it. That bounty was out. So does Betty have a million dollars? And it was published in the (laughs) journal. Is that what the newspaper's called? The Register. The Register. Yeah. Okay, well, meanwhile, apparently Hermione Lodge is going on a rainbow tour. Yeah. Which is just her traveling around Riverdale being like, hey, there was a riot, but we saved you. Let me sing like a Vita. Yeah, and and Betty's like, uh, of course, it's all part of the plan. I'm like, okay, because this is what we're going to do this episode. We're, we're going to try to parse out what what is going on. So, so Hiram started a riot so that they could stop 
the riot. So everyone would love them so much. So that, and I'm like, I mean, I, I guess. This but, town is full of dumb people. It's like, that is, <laughs> that is a gambit that makes no sense. It's like, all right, there's going to be a riot and presumably everything will be fine. And then I'll stop the riot. Except for I won't stop the riot. The riot will just peter out eventually. Because Jughead Jones will go to the hospital. Teenagers control everything in this town, I guess. It Yeah, like the riot doesn't... There's no definite end to the riot. It just, like, peters out. I think the sun rises. <laughs> and they're like, alright everyone, <laughs> the curse has been lifted as the sun rises upon us. Let's all go home. I just want to talk about what happened to the whole thing where Kevin took a picture of all the hot dads and posted it on Instagram being like, hot dads save teenagers. Well, unfortunately, uh, Hiram went in onto that Instagram profile and commented, oh, this is obviously fake. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> what Hiram did that night is he cyberbullied a bunch of children. Right. Hiram was very busy. He started a riot, I guess. He tricked a bunch of snakes into fight serpents. Sure, whatever. Sure. A bunch of serpents into fighting. So he started a riot. He started a gang fight, and then he cyberbullied a teenager. <laughs> so that Kevin eventually deleted his post. <laughs> yeah. He was like, "I thought my dad was hot." Well, I mean, the, the unfortunate thing is that he posted it on Instagram when we all know that what Riverdale uses is, uh... Sometime quick, soon, Graham. No, quick ounce. Quick ounce. Hmm. Better than sometime <laughs> soon, Graham. No. Which means Riverdale would definitely call it sometime soon, Graham. Uh, I mean, yeah, they'd probably keep Graham as well. Quick ounce was too good, I like Kevin. the idea that there is this, like, Centerville has all the, like, actual clever <laughs> names for things. <laughs> And then Riverdale has, like, the really off-brand. Well, like, like for example, that town, instead of having the four seasons, they have the four elements. Clever. Yeah. Sorry, the yeah. five seasons, they have the four elements. I understood. Um. Yeah. Anyway, don't worry, Luke Perry Andrews. Hermione <laughs> may be going on her rainbow tour, but Veronica will not rest until you win. Which, which means she's no longer running for student body president. Archie is now. I guess. That is unclear. Yeah. I definitely thought they were all, both dropping all out. All she says is like, I guess I'll drop out. But, but she, I have other things to do. What she means is now, well, she figures that with Archie winning that, it will be like good for... Luke Perry Andrews. I don't know. It feels like the best way for her to like screw over her parents is to just be like, I don't support them. I don't like politics. Like, she doesn't have to... Do she doesn't have to like go against them? She, she she could just go out and have like a party. It's true, and that seems like a very like Veronica thing to do. Is like you know what I'm, I'm going to do? I'm going to go to a bar, underage drink, and get arrested. Unfortunately, the only bar is the White Worm. <laughs> yeah, not any of the other bars we heard. They've slowly closed down in the last four months. So anyway, our teen detectives get together to do some teen detecting to figure out who the second Black Hood is. Yeah, and there's a suspicion. <laughs> that it's Hiram, but not Hiram. A Hiram proxy yeah, that he yeah. has hired. Yeah, because like, we're all pretty sure Hiram would do it. Because if the person's attacking uh, Luke, uh, Luke Perry, then presumably it's about the, uh, it's presumably about the election. It's, want... They say it's political. And we're like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Very importantly, during this episode, during this scene, Archie says, presumably, and welched. Yep. Which means his uh, language processors are upgrading. Well, they're doing Shakespeare now. 
that's true. So he's uh, so they're like, oh, you know what could be? It could be that sheriff. Let's investigate him. And I'm like, no, no, I I like to believe I've been proven wrong many times that hire is smarter than to hire the hire up one person to be the sheriff and a hitman. But it would mean the sheriff could never find the hitman because he'd be looking for himself. But he would know not to look for the other hitman. <laughs> like, it would be dumb to be like, hey, hey, I'm going to make it. He didn't hire him to be the sheriff. He's getting paid as the sheriff. He just gave it's him true. a job. It's like, all right, you're going to be the sheriff? Also, why don't you do some hitman stuff? Mm. <laughs> it should have been Andre because then Andre would still be alive. I love Andre. Because he because he wouldn't have been in the um the Pembroke when he would have uh, been busy doing a shooting. Yeah, he would have been busy attacking uh, Luke Ferry Andrews. Man, if only it was Andre. Poor Andre, he never got to achieve his dream of being best friends with Archie. <laughs> he never achieved his dream of being best friends with a fifteen year old. Meanwhile, Cheryl signed some emancipation papers, and uh, Sh- Sheriff Lawyer McCoy is like, well, I'm glad you signed these papers. Should I deliver them to your parents? And Cheryl's like, oh, no, don't worry. My parents live on a barn they live on a, our land. They live in a barn. I'll go give it to them myself. <laughs> like, okay. On brand, sure. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That seems reasonable for you, Cheryl. Go up there and give it to them. So she does. But what, but what she sees is not just her parents alone by themselves. What she sees is Hiram Lodge in the barn. And because Cheryl's a drama queen, she goes... <gasps> and her mother overhears, and she goes to look outside the barn door. But Cheryl, now being... I don't know how to describe Cheryl anymore. She's Don't get me wrong. She's still chaotic neutral. She is still the most chaotic. Uh, but she vanishes like Batman. Into she's a, in a barrel. barrel. And she's in a barrel. She goes into a barrel. It's very video game-like. She's, uh, her logic there is like, oh, God, my mother is coming. Uh, my, my evil mother is coming. Guess I better get in this barrel. No one will look down. And her mother doesn't look down. Oh, because her mother can only look up. Keep her, she keeps her nose so high. <laughs> Kevin, I've never seen Deadpool. Is Cheryl a female Deadpool? Because he seems kind of chaotic neutral. No, 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 because she's not immortal. She's been, I mean, she, she's she been might hurt. Be. She is a vampire. <laughs> no, I, don't, I wouldn't say she's a, she's a female Deadpool. Deadpool makes more sense than she does. <laughs> Great. Um. So, meanwhile, literally meanwhile, yep. Betty drives home. Where Alice, or walks home, I don't know, Betty goes home. Yeah. And Alice Cooper has gone real crazy. Because people are coming up and taking photos of her house, and she decides just to shout at them. There are so many looky-loos, they are such tragedy whores. Yeah. She, um, this episode, she's real, like, sad housewife. She's very Carrie's mom. Yeah. (laughs) Stop. With less religion. (laughs) Stop. Stop using Carrie's mom. I don't think you understand it. I'm trying to do what the TV show wants me to do. <laughs> I only, I think it only wanted you to do that for that one episode. Then it wanted you to forget it forever. Well, I refuse to. Fair enough. Alice Cooper stands on her front porch and screams, Look! This is where the Black Hood lives! Is this what you want? I like I like the idea that also there weren't people there beforehand, and she just went outside her house and started shouting it, and people are just taking photos of her. Quite possible. <laughs> Betty chases them away. Yeah, Betty chases them away. Then, Jughead 
has left the hospital. Yeah, he's fine. I mean, let's be clear. He's very scratched up, but he's fine. Kevin. Yeah? Last episode, a pound of flesh was scratched from his shoulder. Aaron, this episode, he fine. Kevin, the magic doctor is dead. No, he's not, because remember, Fangs actually did survive. The only person at a hospital died was Dr. Masters. Who, who is we, not the magic doctor. We assumed doctor. was the magic doctor because Fangs died. Fangs did not die. The only way you die in Riverdale is if you die before you get to the hospital. But he died in the hospital. That's because he, he was dead. Like, he was dead. The doctor didn't get to him. Oh, the magic doctor. I see. Yeah, Dr. Masters died before, before the magic doctor could get before to him. any sort of like medical could care be done could to be him. given to him. That's fair. Yeah, like the problem is Midge. Midge probably was dead when they saw her. The magic doctor. Anyway. Yeah. This is insane. I just want to point out, <laughs> Jughead is like running around the town in this episode. Guys, if you have a tattoo cut off your shoulder. <laughs> You are not running around town, like, eight hours later. And also beaten, like... Fine. He's fine. So, uh, we're not going to get to this point, but later Penny, like, when she's explaining it, she says he wasn't breathing when she left him, which means he must have been breathing so shallowly that they could not tell he was breathing. He fine. Him fine. He fine. This is, like, the next day. He fine. This is just him and Betty being like, "Mm, being a teenager in Riverdale is hard. Sometimes your dad is a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, then we get this pseudo-dramatic scene where Archie apparently has to identify Hal. But not Hal's face. Hal's face in a mask. Well, he never seen Hal. I mean, he'd be like, that's Hal. That's, that's, that's Hal. I agree with him. Why do you do this? He literally confessed on tape. There is a taped confession. There's... It doesn't matter if Archie recognizes him or yeah, not. Yeah, there's a taped confession of him he asked for the tape confession. You he have it. He said what he did. <laughs> I mean, Betty said what he did, but he corroborated it. Yep. But, <laughs> but anyway, Archie is like, yup, he has those green eyes. But really what this scene is about is not Archie um, uh, identifying Hal. It's about him pseudo-threatening the sheriff. He's True. one of the Black Hoods. Hmm... <sighs> Hey, I'm Sheriff, Mc- Sheriff McGruff, and I can tell you there were a lot of looters, and in- any other Black Hood you saw was definitely a looter. And it couldn't be me. I'm a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the crime dog. How could you? How could you? You ought to see it if it was me with my big snout sticking out, and the fact that I wear a trench coat all the time. I don't know what Mayor, what Sergeant McGruff sounds like, <laughs> or so, looks like. I know what he looks like. No, what he looks He's like. He's a dog in a trench coat. Does he have a fedora? Mm, y- yeah. Why does yeah. our sheriff have a fedora? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Sergeant McGruff. Man, <laughs> I'm trying to pull like from a history that I have only like partially know. Uh. But yeah, he's like, I'm a dog. That's my McGruff. That's the noise we're doing. That's that's what he's doing. Anyway, I guess meanwhile, but not meanwhile, the next day. We get a weird scene. Scene where Betty has to apologize to Luke Perry Andrews. And Luke Perry is like, you don't, what? Why are you here? Betty, sometimes we have evil dads. You're a child. She's like, I should have caught him. And he's like. When, how I was the first one shot. There's no way you could have seen that, Betty. <laughs> like you're, it's you're, it's not your job to catch criminals. She's like, everyone thinks I'm such a great detective. I'm like, and I wanted to be like, I mean, you were for a while. 
Then you got kind of dumb. Then you wanted to stalk your brother. Yeah, then you you got pretty... Let's be clear, Betty. This season, you have not been a great judge of character. Well, once, you were good. Once, before your dad decided to go on a murder spree. Yeah, yeah. Don't know what happened there. So, uh, then we have a very sweet short scene where Moose is... Very, very sad because, in the bathroom. Because apparently the serpents... Destroyed I, I mean, Midge's locker dear, It could have been the ghoulies, because the ghoulies were rampaging a little bit. All, all we know is that some of the rioters... Destroyed Midge's memorial yeah, locker. Yeah, they took all this stuff out of it, and he's sad, and Kevin's there, and then sad kissing happens. And it's very sweet. He's very sad. It's 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 sad sweet. I want to laugh at it, but I can't. There's There's nothing wrong with some sad kissing. Now we get the scene where we learn that not only did Veronica drop out and I guess make Archie now run, <laughs> Reggie... <laughs> Drops out because he likes chaos. No, no, no. Reggie says why he dropped out. Reg- Reggie's like, I guess I'm, no- I'm, not, uh, I'm not ready to be a leader of men. True. I mean, t- I mean to be fair, yes. <laughs> you, um, you tried to shoot a boy. And then ran and hid behind a dumpster. And you're very lucky because there's no repercussions. Yes. Trying to shoot that. I mean, the riot kind of took over for it. But. But yeah, you you were so easily manipulated. You should not be in charge of anything. And then uh, Josie is not going to run for president because she's an artist, not a politician. Yeah, she's like, I don't know why I did any of that. I guess I wanted screen time so I could be a main character. And then I guess Betty and Jughead are also dropping out because... Well, no, Betty's not running anymore because she's like, there's no way I can run. She says that in an earlier scene. Oh, yeah, and she's not in... She's not going to school. We yeah. forgot to clarify that Betty no longer feels comfortable going to school because her dad's a murderer. Which is fair. Like, yeah. like yeah, yeah, her reasonable. dad killed Midge. Uh, and <laughs> then Jughead, Jughead is like, I also... No one's going to vote for the Jughead. <laughs> yeah. Despite my miraculous recovery, no one's going to... The, the thing I actually want to get out of this scene has nothing to do with that. Is the fact that I think Reggie and Josie are dating. The, he does have his arm along the couch behind her. And later when Josie's going to sing, he gives her a look of like, yeah, girl. So they might be seeing each other. Which would be awesome, I think. Yeah. We do we do get some uh, mention in the scene that Archie is not running unopposed. There is still Ethel. Who, does who not apparently a- has been running all along. And, no, she yeah, she announced because of Veron- cause she oh, hates Veronica. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, to her, in this episode, it's not very good either, because essentially what happens is they're like, oh, and also Ethel's running. Then they turn and look at a poster of Ethel, and then she doesn't appear in the episode. I just want to point <laughs> out, yes, that. Yes. Also, it was very unclear to me up until this point that literally any of these characters were all running for president. Like, I definitely thought they were running teams. So one of them was running for president, and one of them was running for vice president. Because that is how it was presented. Yeah, I mean, they were running as teams, because Josie was on Team Reggie. I mean, they all had names as well. Yeah, yeah, but I thought it was like, Josie and Reggie are running for president and vice president. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it either, Aaron. It doesn't make any sense. That being said, at my high school... Yeah. Not your high school. Yeah. But my high school in Ontario... We didn't have president of the student council. We yeah. had head boy and head girl. Yeah. So I guess they're running for that. Except that No, it's Ethel, president. They say president. Except that Ethel doesn't have a head boy to run with. And then when everyone else drops out, it becomes a single vote race. It I makes don't no know. sense. This, it makes no sense at all. 
Bowie gets um, a more important scene. Yes, where we find out that all those dumb baby serpents who are going to dumb burn the school down <laughs> are getting kicked out. And I'm going to be clear here: um, <laughs> they did try to burn the school down very openly in front of the principal. Like, like there's been many times that the South Side has been unfairly character like characterized by a lot of groups of people. They did try to burn the school down. That being said, (laughs) Jughead and Tony should get to stay. And Jughead, like, says that. Subi's like, oh, man, yeah, now they're going to kick us out. He always wanted to do. He's like, you know, we're blaming that we trashed the school. And like, well, you did trash the school, Sweet Pea. You did. You did trash the school. You broke in and tried to burn it to the ground. You You walked down the hallway with a knife and slashed the painting as you went by it. You did trash the school. There's many things that you're blamed for that you did not do. You did this. These are repercussions and, for your own and actions. And literally everything was fine. Like, the school was actually really cool with you until that moment. Like, Mr. Weatherby did not care. He no. just didn't want a gang. And then you did gang stuff. Don't do gang stuff. <laughs> Maybe it's Jughead's fault for starting the D&D club. But, like, you guys tried to burn the school down. Yeah, like, you're not being... You're not being blamed for a crime you did not commit. You did try to burn the school down. Anyway, they were going to be shipped like two hours away. To, to it'd be, South, it'd not be South ret- Side School, but like... Seaside or something? Seaside, East Side, some dumb name. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna be um uh, shipped out to, to uh, Newport. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't realize that would be oh so good. Except for it'd be across the country. Maybe? Maybe? <laughs> It'll at least be South. It's no longer winter. Maybe they do live in California. <laughs> so, uh, Cheryl, who's now friends with everyone. Phil's in Veronica. She's like, I went to go talk to my mom. Emancipation papers. But then your conquistador dad was there. And I looked at Aaron and I'm like, is that racist? She is implying that he's a Spanish, not a South American, which I don't know is better or worse. Yeah, it's it's... It's a, she's, she likes to compare people, like, she likes to make, um, metaphors about people. That one's, that one's a little bit weird. It's essentially calling Veronica's dad Christopher Columbus. <laughs> what yeah. does that mean? Yeah, so, I don't know, who knows. But Veronica takes that information and goes straight to her parents. And she confronts them. What is your plan? Why like, were you meeting with Blossom and Blossom Uncle? I like that she was at school in the bathroom, presumably then, in the middle of the day. And then just left. <laughs> and then just left and went home. You know what? Weatherby has other things to deal with. <laughs> Veronica, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to go home and confront my parents about crime. Okay. Are you going to burn the school down? <laughs> no? no? Good. Good. That's that's literally my only worry this week is that no one burns the school down. Cheryl, go home. We just don't need you here today. But, Mr. Weatherby, I want to learn. <laughs> Put down your bow and arrow. I'm not into fire this week. You're, I know, you're into bows and arrows. Only when I'm at home. Uh, I see this bow and arrow in your locker. But I don't have my right I'm going hood. a little bit Obama <laughs> with Mr. Weatherby. Well... It's going a little bit there. Uh... Veronica Ladies and gentlemen of Riverdale High, I'm your principal, Mr. Weatherby. Maybe it's a better analogy than Gus, the methylene <laughs> Gus. Too, either he's Gus Fring from <laughs> Breaking Bad, or he's former president of the United States, Barack Obama. 
can he not be both? Ah, did Barack Obama sell meth? Mr. Andrews. (laughs) Mr. Biden. Please meet my dog, Bo. (laughs) Is that accurate? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It was like a a water, like, tear or something. We we played Chief of Pursuit, and there was a question about that. We're Canadian. (laughs) Anyway, Hermione confronts her, or no, Veronica confronts her mom. She's like, did Hermione even know what you were trying to do, Hiram? Yeah, yeah. did you hire Augustus to take uh, shots at mom? And Hermione stares at uh, Hiram like he, she had no idea what was going on, which made me go, Hiram, let your mob wife in on the plan. She loves the mob. Why? You Literally, all of this would have been fine if you had not decided randomly to not tell her that, but tell her everything else. Because she loves the mafia. Yeah. if She's super into the mafia. If you're like, all right, all right, honey, to sort of like help with your plan, we're going we're gonna to stage a shooting. Don't worry, everyone will shoot blanks. <laughs> Even the police. No one will hit anyone. Everyone's in my pocket. Yeah, I mean, true, he could do that. He could just make everybody have blanks. And Hermione's a good actress, I think. Yeah, <laughs> do you think he was like, should I tell her? No, no, she acts so much better when she's surprised. Why didn't he tell his wife, who apparently is like big mop? It makes no sense. It's the His plan is, the, is written by an eight-year-old. And performed by an (laughs) eight-year-old. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Kevin. So what are you drinking tonight on the finaliest of all nights? Well, Kevin, in honor of this finale, I have a very special drink. Yes. It is a mixed drink that I mixed myself, which means I have nothing to read. (laughs) This is a very special beer, a Lindemann's Labic beer, which Ooh. means it's a fruit beer, which means it doesn't even taste like beer. And it's alliteration. It is deep. It is syrupy. It is raspberry flavored. And it is like 5% alcohol. <laughs> and I have mixed it with some sparkling water because the Lambic is too thick to drink straight. So what you made yourself essentially was some sparkling beer. Sparkling beer. The most delicious. (laughs) In a giant red wine glass of wine. It's a very big glass. So it is essentially like I am drinking a fishbowl of sparkling beer. (laughs) That analogy started going, like as you said more of it, it got less appealing until you ended up with fishbowl of sparkling beer. Which is what everyone wants. Which is what an alcoholic would would explain drinks as. Now I want to be very clear. There's nothing alcoholic about it. You took beer and you like... And made it less alcoholic. You made it less alcoholic and you're just drinking out of a wine glass. But someone drinking a fishbowl of sparkling beer sounds like an alcoholic who just wants to be fancy. I am the fanciest. In honor of tonight... This Wednesday night, <laughs> where we watch the season finale of Riverdale. Season two, with season three coming up on the horizon. It's real. It's, it's coming. It's real. It's happening. And it better cover more than four, se- four seasons, four episodes. Man, I, I, I wanted to, want to spend years. 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 Make them adults. Years. Stop making them 15 you year You really olds. want them to be adults. Just make them adults. <sighs> Kevin, yeah. would you like some of this fishbowl of sparkling lambic? Yeah, it's been a full season of Riverdale. I'm not ready for that yet. All right. Someday. 
Kevin, a shocking reveal. What? Jughead goes to the White Worm, oh, and yeah. his dad said that all of the serpents were gone. No, they're just sad. <laughs> they're just sad living in the White Worm. Yeah, it's essentially like the um uh, <laughs> essentially like the We Are the Ninety Nine Percent, like the Occupy Wall Street protest, but it's in the White Worm. And no one can see them doing it. And no one can see them doing it. They it's not are a pro- achieving no goal. It's not a protest. It's just they can't live in the trailer park anymore. I guess the trailer park has been burned to the ground. Which makes no sense because Jughead goes home. Yeah, Jughead's house is safe. I guess they didn't burn that trailer. Which means they really did not achieve their goal. Because I would assume the ghoulies only want to burn down one trailer. <laughs> and that's Jughead's. <laughs> I mean, apparently the servants and the ghoulies have a lot of the same plans. They all burn down their houses. <laughs> Gangs, they love to burn things. I don't know. But, he, but Jughead, uh, yeah, Jughead's like, look at all these sad serpents. I better go talk to my father. But it's short scene. Betty does not want to go back to school. She, she continues to not want to go to school. I wish you could say there's more on that scene. But there's not. pretty much it. She does not want to go to school. Back to the Jughead storyline. FP has decided to love to drink beer. Yeah, he's drunk again. He has he... some pink beers. He has some blue beers. He has all the beers. And he uh, he's upset because he got fired from uh, Pop, Pop Tates. Tates. Because remember, it's it's owned by Hiram. So Pop Tate did not fire him, but Hiram is cleaning house, I guess. Why? Why, Hiram? Why would you fire him? He literally he literally has been doing nothing there. And didn't I... Jughead just make a deal with Hiram at the end of last episode? All I can guess is that Hiram is spiteful. He's Hiram like, is fight He's like, yeah, screw you, FP. Now you don't have a job. My mom says that I can fire you if I want to fire you. But I thought that Hiram and Jug had just made a deal. Well, I mean, no, keep in mind, they already rescinded on the deal by having Benny B-Body try to beat Jughead to death and then still have the brawl. Hiram is... Oh, so the serpents screwed up the deal by having the fight. No, they never planned on ha- on on um, agreeing to the deal. Essentially, Hiram tricked Jughead. That's fair, because Hiram is an adult and Jughead is a 16-year-old. Uh, no, Aaron, Hiram's an 8-year-old. That's fair, because Hiram is an 8-year-old yeah. and Jughead is a 16-year-old. Which, which is why he spitefully fired FP, because he can, I guess. And FP cannot possibly get another job in this town. So is that FP's like... We're going to Toledo. We're just bringing the bikes. Get your bike. Let's go. Put your bike on your back. But wait, I have to sleep it off. I'm very drunk, but we're going to get on the bikes. Pick up all your clothes and put them on the bike. In 8.5 hours. And then wear your bike on your back. I'm sleepy. My name is Skeet Ulrich. I'm very confused that I'm on this TV show. <laughs> yeah. It's a really weird scene because Skid always just breaks character and he's actually drunk and he's like, why am I on this show? I'm making an appearance at a convention soon. <laughs> I was once a teen star. And now I'm an adult teen star. Also, I'm going to comment on every single post one of my co-stars puts on Instagram. I'm very happy to be involved in this again. But I'm confused. I'm. It's really weird they didn't cut that out. They just left it in. <laughs> it was just a rant. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a thing. And it's Skeet Ulrich. He, like, pulled off his serpent jacket. And he, like, stared at it and was like, what is this? <laughs> what am I wearing? When did I join the gang? Remember, I wasn't really in a gang, and then I was in a gang. Am I, am I the leader of this gang? I'm Skeet Ulrich. This tattoo is fake. <laughs> it's all fake. There's cameras <laughs> over there. I can rub the tattoo off with my finger. Look, I'm going to lick it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going to rub it on my bicep. None of this is real. It's gone. <laughs> this is one of those sweet life kids. I got it. Zach or Cody. I don't know who. But the other one. The other one. The other one has blonde hair. I like your, I like your brother better. Why is your hair brown? I hate you. I'm Skeet Ulrich. Where's Luke Perry, Andrews? <laughs> I miss Luke Perry. I want more scenes of Luke Perry. And then he falls down. <laughs> and then Jughead looks off the side like, Toledo. I'm staying in character. I've been well trained. <laughs> Through my years on the sweet life of Zack and Cody. So meanwhile, Lawyer McCoy is apparently the campaign lead for Luke Perry Andrews. <laughs> I mean, if anyone would know how to campaign, I guess it would be her. And her advice is that you need to get the South Side vote. And, it, and she, for some reason, I really appreciate the way she words this. Because I would have been like, I feel like he already would have the South Side vote. He's not getting the South Side vote. It's convincing them to vote. Which is fair. Yeah, and that's we, absolutely things that um, politicians deal modern, with. Yeah. Because a lot of people are the politician that the youth yeah. love, but the youth don't vote. Yeah, it has not. It, it, so it's not that you need to get their vote. Because they're not going to vote for um, the lodges. No. But you need to convince them to vote. And that which, their voice matters. <laughs> which, for a show that is pretty uh, fast and loose with logic... Um, pretty logical. This is this is a real political stuff. But that quickly goes off the side as they got a call from Sheriff McGruff. And uh, Luke Perry Andrews and Archie have to go to the sheriff station because it turns out the Sheriff McGruff, he killed the fake, fake Black Hood. Yeah, ever since you, ever since you came here, I have my, got my nose for crime. And, and I, was, I sniffed it out and I thought, hmm, who would be a fake Black Hood? And then I shot this man. His name is Soft Boy. <laughs> or Tall Boy. I don't know. It depends if you're in the real fiction or the fiction fiction. Either, I'm, <laughs> I'm a dog in this fiction, but a man in the real fiction. Either way, he's dead and he had a black mask in his house. And you don't have to worry about this anymore, young boy. Because definitely you can't have a black hood unless you're the black hood. And the only way that, definitely the only way you would trust me is if I just told you this. I'm in Shakespeare. My favorite thing is that throughout this entire scene, uh, Luke Perry Andrews <laughs> is just caught his arms like, no. <laughs> this is not how law works. What? Oh, yeah, sure. You found evidence, and then he just died in a gunfight. America. <laughs> yeah, oh, what? A, yeah, that makes sense. Sure, I guess. <laughs> Short scene. Pa- uh, Polly, she wants her and Betty to visit Hal so they can forgive him. Paul is, Polly is so much in a cult, and no one cares. I mean, Betty thinks it's kind of creepy, but Betty has her own stuff to deal with. (laughs) Um, I'm so worried for Polly. She's been in a cult for, I guess, two months. Well, I thought she left the farm and went to San Diego or San Francisco or something. No, no, no. But I'm pretty sure she went back to the farm. She never said she was leaving the farm. She constantly comes to... This is is a real chill cult, because they just let her go. She just goes anywhere she wants with her bebes. (laughs) I guess they trust that she'll be back at the farm. There's a cult in the woods, Aaron. This needs to be dealt with. Well, maybe it will be. I need more cryptic tweets from the showrunner to tell me. <laughs> but anyways, he's like, you should forgive them. And both Alice and Betty are like, no. But Alice is like, you know, maybe we should see him. Maybe he'll make us feel better. And Betty's like, oh. I don't wanna. So, um, then Hermione <laughs> goes to visit Veronica and is creepy in a real Hiram Lodge way. In 
in an episode full of bizarre moments, this might be one of the bizarre, bizarrest. Hermione decides, I guess she doesn't want to be Mafia anymore, which is weird because she seemed to be the most into it. She did recruit Archie to be in the Mafia. Yeah, like I thought it was, I really thought it was going to reveal that she was in charge of all of this because that revealed the end of that in when she was standing on the cliffside. But, uh, no. <sighs> but now she's. Now she's like, I can help you, Veronica, in case your father ever turns against you. Veronica, your dad has a plan, but there's one piece he can't solve. It it goes far beyond the prison. He wants to consolidate the entire South Side. And Veronica's like, why? And he's like, but there's one piece that's missing. It's a bar called the White Worm. Kevin, what is Hiram's plan? (sighs) <sighs> what is know. his plan? What is he doing? Why is he can? I don't know. Uh, anyway, I don't know. The, the problem is that like he like, the, like don't get me wrong. I I feel like I have to explain this because I've had a few people talk to me about this. I agree. What Hiram's doing is super evil. He is a bad guy, but his end goal makes no sense. Because just starting the prison, yeah, not evil, and should not be this hard. But the evil machinations. Yeah, but it's very evil. Yeah. So her being like, there's more to the prison makes me be like, oh, thank God. But I wish we knew this earlier so I would care. And I wish we also knew what the more was. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Hermione's like, if you want to, uh, you know, you know, get get out from him, you're going to need money. So Veronica, she has a meeting <laughs> with lawyer McCoy and to figure Hiram. out how to get her money back. I mean, not to figure out. She has a meeting with Hiram, with Laura McCoy, and is like, all right, here's how we're going to do this, Dad. You stole my money. <laughs> Which is not, not how trusts work when um, you're 15. And so I don't know why she brought Mayor McCoy there, because all Veronica does is like, look, you'll give me that money back or I'll tell everyone about your crimes. And lawyer McCoy is like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like lawyer McCoy. No, number one, you know how law works. And number one, that money doesn't exist because she got it as a ransom for essentially kidnapping a mafia boy and ransoming him back to his family. But she did get physical money. Yeah, but that money, like legally, there's no way that money exists. Like, That's how true. do you how do you hide a million? Like, we just got a million dollars. That's why it would have been better if Hiram had just left it cash. But so she's like, you're gonna give it back to me, or else I. And, like, like, you can't get... It's so weird. And anyway, she's like, I want the money back or else I'll tell everybody about your crimes. And Hiram's like, oh, blackmail. <sighs> and her, Hermione looks smugly off from the door. Meanwhile, all of the young boys are very suspicious that the soft white murder was suspicious. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you know what? This suspicious thing is suspicious. What if it's collusion? Short scene. Penelope Blossom is very, very angry that Nana Rose will be the guardian of Cheryl. She knew this already. Yeah, why is this a surprise? <laughs> anyway, and then Cheryl's like, I'm going the white worm because I guess I'm a serpent now. And then Penelope's like, oh, the white worm. You can't go there. Not tonight. And Cheryl's like, oh, no. <laughs> You're clearly up to something, mother. Now I'm going to go tell everyone. So she goes and tells everyone. Because Cheryl McGruff, he's going to raid the White Worm. You said Cheryl McGruff, which makes Cheryl a dog. 
an archery dog. I meant to say sheriff, well, but I don't go back on that. It's so hard to shoot the bow and arrow with my paws. I, I got... need an opposable thumb. Oh, you need at least fingers to shoot a bow and arrow. That's me, Cheryl McGruff. Well, all <laughs> Chaotic of this... dog. Well, all of this goof happens... They all evacuate the white worm. Not only do they evacuate the white worm, they evacuate the south side of the town. They take what they can carry and they leave yes. <laughs> to an asylum on the north yes. side. The serpents leave Middle Earth. I mean, the south side. Because <laughs> it really feels like they're leaving Middle Earth. The sad music plays. It's akin to everyone from that horse town from the second episode, second movie of Lord of the Rings, Rowan. No, I like you just saying stuff. <laughs> I want you to keep doing that. When the Rowans leave their yep. town and mm-hmm. they go and live in the mountain yep. and the sad music plays, mm-hmm. that's what's happening right here. Yeah, you got it. I was going to say, also, it's kind of like the movie The Warriors, but sadder. And the sad music plays. Yeah. So, and hey, we get, we learned something very important in this scene. The south side is across the river. Yeah, they have to cross a bridge to get to the north so side. So I guess that's what differentiates the town. And for some reason, I'm upset that we did not know that earlier. And you know what? Maybe we were supposed to know. Like, not only did they cross river, there's like a forested road that goes to south side. So it's pretty separate, actually. But we did not pick up on that. Because it didn't show us very well. I did not realize that it's like almost a separate town. Yeah. Aaron, what if the South Side is another town that's called South Side? It's not even Riverdale. I mean, the other the other names of cities we've learned are Greenville and Centerville. That's true. They are bad town names. I, I, I can imagine a town being called South Side. And we just... But then... So this is a town rivalry. How did Jughead always go to Riverdale High, but always live in South Side? Well, it's like um when we lived in uh, Maple Ridge. You can live in Pitt Meadows and go to Maple Ridge. Yeah, but it was hard. Yeah, but still. <laughs> Jughead liked his friends there. But he never lived in... Okay. But his friends were there. Meanwhile, we find... Not meanwhile. Not meanwhile. Jumping forward. The, uh, the serpents are all up in Luke Perry's house, and they're having a party. That's where they evacuated to. And FP, um, I guess, psychic man, he, he figured out they're going to be here, and he goes there. And he's got some feelings. You didn't really catch on what I was doing there. I forgot that he didn't know. Yeah, no, he shows up and he's like, look at all these people. There's... And look, look look how good this is. And Jughead's like, I guess we're not going to Toledo. And he's like, yeah, I guess not. All FP needed was, like, the slightest amount. Like, this is such a small moment. But he's like, yeah, you know what? Everything is going to be fine. FP literally needed his friend to make him some pancakes and eggs. Yeah, I'm worried that FP might have some, might be bipolar. Quite likely. Quite likely. Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, this is meanwhile. Everything's yeah. great at Archie's house, but Archie comes up to Jughead and is like, Hey, Jughead, I got a real plan. Can you get me approximately 900 serpent jackets? There's a lot of times where Archie goes up to someone else and goes, Hey, I have an idea. And this time the idea is that the students... Are, All of them. are Including Reggie, are now going to rally behind the serpents. And don't get me wrong, it makes sense with Archie and a lot of them... These other students have not know nothing. They know nothing about what just happened. Even Reggie makes sense because he got real scared during the riots, yeah. and now he just wants a team behind yeah, him. And at this point, um, at this point, he'll do anything Archie says. Yeah, 
But like the like, oh, there's a lot of people there. They there all are wear, people we don't recognize. Yeah, they all wear ser- serpent jackets. Mister Weatherby comes out and he's like, "What is going on?" And Archie's like, "You can't kick the serpents out because then you have to kick all of us out." I will kick out as many people as I need to kick out to keep my school safe. But, Mr. Weatherby, what if we're just good kids who love to have good, clean American fun and play football? Well, I guess I can consider that. We would really like it if you would all keep all of us in the school. Look, we all have the same coat. We're a team. Well, I will think about it. Everyone go to class. I'll go back to you. And that's what he really does. He doesn't say yes or no. He just says, everyone get up, get up to class. And that's the scene. <laughs> and the, and they're, now, they're pretty happy about it. They're like, yeah, you know what? I think we succeeded. Every, and, everyone and has for some, you know what? For this show, I think they did. And you know what? For some reason, I really feel like Mr. Weatherby was just like, I just wanted to make sure you would do it. I wanted to make sure you would stand up to me. Did you burn the school down? No? Excellent. Well, like, like... <laughs> I know we don't have much from Mr. Weatherby, but I like to imagine that the first time he said, like, well, if anyone leaves, they'll get expelled. He just wanted to know. He wanted Would to know leave? that this is important to them. And once they proved that it was important, he's like, all right, my school's together. I am teaching them how to be adults who have convictions. This is all he wants. He wants his school to be together. And also True. his little militia. So then Veronica and Jughead have a real weird combo. Where Veronica was going to buy the white worm. But when, but he, when she, she learns that FP was fired from Pop Taste, she's like, I have a better idea. And then she buys the white worm, confronts her dad, convinces him to give her Pop Tates in exchange for the white worm, because Pop Tates is the one place where her friends can have fun. Yeah. And her keeping that is... She, she, Better. she literally gives up an actual victory for a moral victory. She won. She had the black worm. Like, that's what... Uh, Hermione told her, this is what, what Hiram needs to finish his plan. And she gives it up so her, she can have a hangout with her friends. But Hiram does crazy threaten her. Yeah. Because he's, he's like, if you make this deal, you give up your inheritance. You give up your trust fund, which is empty. Yeah. You give up your shares. Well, I assume she in has another trust Lodge fund. Industries, which like <laughs> your seat on the board, your legacy, and I'm like, what? So I just, I mean, Hiram is chaotic evil, yeah, and just does nonsense. <laughs> he, he tries to be lawful evil, but he's chaotic evil. So I mean, maybe he's just doing this to like see what he can get, but I do feel like he wouldn't. I feel like take such a price like if just, Pop Tates wasn't worth something. I feel like at this point, Veronica would just be like, okay, I guess I'm keeping the white worm, and I'm going to turn into a clubhouse for me and my friends. Now, I do want to take a moment here, Aaron. Mm-hmm. There's no way she could buy the white worm. With her million dollars? Yeah, she is she, a child. She literally just said that she ended up having a meeting with someone. You can't sell a bar to a 15-year-old. There's no possible way. She does not... She's not going through a media or anything like that. She j- literally bought a bar and she's 15. Unless. Unless. <sighs> yeah, yeah. She did not buy the white worm. And then she traded the bar that she did not own for Pop Tates. And now her dad thinks that he owns the white worm. But she, he she gives She gives him the deed. Like she she has gives him a piece of paper. That could be anything. Do you really think that's the, that's what happened here? No, the show is too dumb. 
Yeah, they 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 create a world where a fifteen year old can buy a bar. I may, I have to assume, like in a realistic world, um, lawyer McCoy has created some sort of trust where the trust owns the bar and Veronica comes of age. Blah blah blah, which is how orphan millionaires can own blah 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 their family's interests. It's dumb. It's real. This is this is what I mean by like they want these people to be adults. But Kevin. She's risking war with her dad. I do not care. This is the plot for the next season. I do not. Once again, she could have stopped her dad in whatever weird evil plans he has, but instead she wanted to have, she wanted, she wanted to have a cool place to hang out out with her friend. It's a very, here's the weird thing. It's a very teenager thing to do in a very adult way. In other teenager news, Betty and Jughead have a, scene, have a scene where Betty is, like, a real weirdo. Yeah, she talks to Jughead about evil. But you know what? Kind of normal. She's real worried because her dad's super evil, her grandpa was marginally evil, and her great-grandfather may have done something bad. <laughs> and, like, it... Once again, I, I, I told Aaron this. I'm like, I believe that, that there's a good chance of anybody who lived in the 1990s might have killed someone. The 1990s? Sorry. Um, the 1900s. Oh, no, I stick with that. People no, no. who lived in the 1990s. Yeah, they probably killed someone, someone as well. Yeah. They I mean, probably killed someone. Anyway, Betty's worry is valid because she is 15. Yeah, and she's like, are these babies going to be evil? And I'm like, they're being raised in a cult. So, so yes, yes, they will be evil. But if you don't put them in a basement, they'll be A-OK. Yeah, like really, this, fam- this Cooper family does not have a history of evil. It is a history of mental abuse. Sideline. Woo. Voting. Not for this mayor. <laughs> we thought it was for the mayor. It wasn't for the mayor. It was for the student election. Cool. Then we have a real Hannibal Lecter scene. Literally, like, Betty is somewhere in a basement and Hal's on the other side of, like, a like a, in a white plexiglass room. Because this is what Riverdale thinks maximum security prisons look like, I guess. It, it, no, one of them watched the Silence of the Lambs and was like, we're going to do this exact same scene, and it's not going to make any sense. And Hal, he confronts Betty. He stares into her eyes. He tells her that she's the only one who can understand him because she has that evil inside her. The evil he has, blah, 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 like, something, something. I'm like, no, I mean, like, yeah, you're, you're, I mean, don't get me wrong, your dad did bad and he killed a bunch of people, but you're the only serial killer in this family. It's true. Everyone else did a murder. Uh, and one who did a mass murder. But uh, only only once. Yeah, which I know seems like, <laughs> seems like a weird sticking point to be like, only once. But to be, to, but he did one mass murder. Which Whereas is, Hal Cooper was like, let me plan many murders over yeah, many nights. Yeah. So it will it, be premedicated. Yeah, there's. it's so hard to describe how this doesn't work because they are doing evil things. There are like levels, not even <laughs> levels, there are just like categories of evil. And they all fit into different categories. And this, this does not feel like darkness, is my point. Like, it does not feel like this family has a history of darkness. And then Betty is like, no, Hal, I will not have your darkness. I will move across the country. I will no, change no, the no, locks. No, 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 she does in that order. I will move across the country. I will change she the locks. She does not say that. Hal says, says that. Hal, Hal says you can't get away from oh. it. You can, even if you move across the country, even if you change the locks. Because that's how it works. You move across the country and have the same locks. Yeah, so... No, no, it, it was not Betty threatening to move across the country and change her locks. You know what? It was 
the scene was so dumb. I all I remember is her not storming off up the stairs. No, yeah, there's you could see basement stairs. She takes another way out. So I don't even know where they filmed this. I don't know what building in I the world. I don't know what the setting is. I don't is. know what building. There's like an old cathode ray tube like TV behind yeah. her. Nothing makes sense, guys. There, Nothing makes this sense. This has to be a dream. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we get the student council results and... Archie Andrews is president. Yay. Archie for Preggy. Archie and, for Preggy. And also Mr. Weatherby um, adds into that. I mean, he's like, like he says, uh, Archie Andrews is the student body president and also the servants can stay. And that's it. That's a that's that's it's just it just slides it right in there. Plot resolved. Done. But Kevin, I bet if Ethel had one pre- president, Preggie, servants couldn't stay. <laughs> yeah, she'd been like, I don't like the servants either. In fact, no one can stay. Just Ethel. I can be the lead of the school musical now. <laughs> I, I guess can... Kevin can stay. I need a director. I'll be the only person. Ethel is sad. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Then we have a scene where the serpents are having another party on the banks of the river, the place where FP something something. No, this this is where the serpents started. Oh yeah, that's where they. Um, sixty years ago, something yeah. something. Okay, so I need to take a moment here because what's about to happen for it any makes no yeah. GD sense. Pre- presumably, you've watched it. If you haven't, and you're just following along with us, um, what's about to happen is the most bizarre moment that I have seen in TV history. So I'm going to say this in the order it happens. Yes. FP does his momentous speech about how the serpent started on the banks of the river 60 years ago and something, something. But now he makes his stand. Now he will say goodbye to the serpents. And we're like, okay. He says, Jughead, come no, no, up first here. he says, oh. for good. <laughs> this so time. Like, oh, all the other times were fake. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But now my son... Jughead, come here. You. You know what to do. No, Man, you're not doing this in order at all. It is in order. Then he pulls out the red no, jacket, no. and then he says, you know what to do with no, no, it. No, no, no. The, fir- the first thing he does is he pulls he pulls Jughead up. Oh, he says he and, never turned and, his back on it and, or and, whatever. And he's like, I am retiring. So which gives us finally the answer to the question that we've been asking for so long. FP was the leader of the Serpents. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, but Jughead here has like, kept this this together. So now Jughead is the leader of the serpents. Then he pulls out a woman's red jacket. And I'm like, I I guess is that like the leader jacket? But then he he looks at Jughead and says, "You know what? Like no, as your first duty <laughs> or like your yeah, yeah, this is your first duty. As your first duty, you know what to do." But the you know what to do is whispered. It's not a part of the official proclamation. Yeah, yeah. Is whatever it is is his first duty as leader. And then Cheryl knows what is happening. She, she pulls off her jacket because she's standing next to Tony and walks in slow motion. And then Jughead holds out this red woman's jacket. And gives it to her. And I'm like, what just happened? What is she? She, the, She's never been involved with the serpents at all before. Jughead just called her randomly. And I guess now she didn't have to do a sad strip. I don't even think Jughead actually says her name. I think... 
think. She just, there's complete silence. He just looks at her. Yeah, she walks up, he gives the jacket, she puts it on, Tony smiles at her, she smiles at Tony, and I'm like, what just happened? What just happened? This is also intercut with a lot of scenes of um, Sweet Pea and, and Fangs. Fangs. Fangs is still injured. Stan, Fangs does have one crutch. Yeah, and he, and um, F, uh, Sweet Pea stops on the back and he goes, oh. Which is and a lot for a gunshot wound. They're just looking there and smiling. And I think they're holding beers. And they're all happy about what's happening. And I'm not. Because I don't know what's happening. Why does Cheryl get her own color of jacket? Because she's the red dragon. The red serpent. I thought you were going to... Red dragon is a Hannibal Lecter thing. I thought you were going to do that. No, um, I was trying to remember what her uh, red serpent dragon ship name was. Okay. Remember back to our episode before <laughs> oh, Christmas? Oh, uh, with uh, where they all whatever had shipping Tony names? Yeah. I don't know. It, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know what just happened. I don't know what this means. I don't know why FP... What has changed? Jughead I... has always been in charge of the baby serpents. I, I mean, no, that makes sense. Because, like, he was unofficially in charge because FP was working. Now FP's like, he's officially in charge. I don't care about that at all. I'm very confused with Cheryl. I'm confused what she is. I'm confused why she gets her own color of jacket. I'm confused why that was... That was his first duty. And I'm confused why FP was like, you know what to do. And also why Cheryl knew what was happening without any words. All, like, let's be clear. All Cheryl did was show up with a bow and arrow and back jacket up that one time. Which, don't get me wrong, is cool. But it... <laughs> I guess she also told them about the raid on the White Worm. I guess. I don't know. It seems so weird that she... I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. So... Short scene, not interesting. Betty and her mom bond about her crazy dad. And also (laughs) how Betty needs to go back to school. Yes, he's like, I'm going to go back to school. Sad scene. Luke Perry Andrews loses the election. But Hermione shows up. Because she wants to be magnanimous, I guess. Yeah, well, she's... I think this is unofficially saying that, like, oh, now she's on his side in some ways. Because she only lost by 200 votes. And then once again, our Archie asks him a question, turns to Betty, or not Betty, turns to Veronica in a very cheerful way and is like, Veronica, where's your dad? And she goes, well, don't worry, Hiram is at Hiram's house. Yeah, and, but Archie beat him to it, and despite um, Archie turning to Veronica in such a chipper and cheerful way, he's sitting in the dark with a knife. He's very serious. He's very angry at Hiram. Hiram. Everything bad has happened. It turns out he came in through the servants' quarters, which this place has, apparently. I guess. Thanks, Pembroke. Anyway, he brought a knife and starts threatening Hiram and being like, I will find out your crime. It's like, Archie, y'all already know his crime, but okay. (laughs) But he he does this weird conflating thing where he's like, I'm going to find your crime and then I'm going to stab you. I'm going to bring you to justice and make my bones with you. And I'm like, Archie, are you, like, seizing or something? Archie just has to go through, like, a brief break to update his programming. And then he stabs the desk. And then he goes off. And he goes away. For the programming. (laughs) So then we have another short scene where we find out the basement of Pop Tates was once a speakeasy. Oh, also, Veronica now owns Pop Tates. She also owns that place. Yeah, that deal she made with her dad actually got her Pop Tates. I can't imagine Pop Tates is thrilled that his boss is a 15-year-old girl. Especially a 15-year-old who is going to reopen the speakeasy in the basement of his restaurant. Yeah, she calls it, she's like, we're going to have a speakeasy, we're going to sell cocktails, and I'm like, no, that's an illegal bar, because you're 15 and you can't run out of the basement of a a chocolate shop. (laughs) Don't worry, Kevin, FP's going to run it as the manager, because you rehired him. (laughs) 
I'm so actually, angry at Veronica. I will say, I don't really understand why Pop Tates can't serve alcohol. It's not really... Because it, it's a restaurant. No, no, he, I'm, and, you know, it's fine. He needs to get his alcohol license, but I'm sure this... Yeah, it's it's weird because... It's just start, super weird that a 15-year-old really wants to own it. Yeah, and start a bar. And I bet they're all going to hang out there next season. Well, And once again, it's the show wanting her to not be 15, but she is so clearly 15. Well, all this 15-year-old stuff is happening. The criminals, a.k.a. Penelope, Augustus, Hiram Lodge, Penny, and um, what- Sheriff McGruff, and Head Ghoulie number one. <laughs> Yeah. Are all hanging out in the white worm. And here we get Hiram explaining his plan. Which is to open not just a prison, but all manner of debauchery in the South Side. Yeah, so he's going to open up the prison, which will have... Dr- he actually just explains his plan. He's like, all right, so we're going to open up the prison. And then Augustus is going to run his drugs through it. Which is going to be sold by Polly and the... Or, um, uh, Penny and the Ghoulies. Penny and the Ghoulies. Um, and then Penelope... Um, is like, Chimes um, up. excuse me, I thought you were going to open a brothel. <laughs> I'm like, what? what? <laughs> Wait, what? Hiram's plan is to turn Riverdale into, like... The Old West! The Old West! He's gonna be like, yeah, then we're gonna have a saloon, and we're gonna have a bank with a big, giant uh, door on it. And hey, Sheriff, you're gonna shoot anyone with your sharpshooters. Bang, 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 bang! Because once again, he's eight years old. We're gonna shoot people at dawn. Yeah. On the streets. High noon, Aaron. But ha- oh, pistols at dawn. Pistols at dawn, but high noon's the when you shooting on the streets. Yeah. <laughs> Duels. Yeah. So will happen. Fi- so I guess we finally learned Hiram's plan, and it's dumb. It's like an eight-year-old's idea of crime. <laughs> it is literally to turn the south side. <laughs> Into the old west, which is crazy because his entire thing, whenever he's like, "We're finally going to be able to step out into light." No, no, he just is going to open up a prison, run drugs through the prison, and and open a brothel. That's his plan. And why does Penelope want to run a brothel? She had no interest <laughs> in that as of two months ago. Yeah, now now it's her life's dream to Until open a brothel. Until her husband died, and her daughter told her the only thing she could do to make money was date men. The, uh, she she could have been on Augustus and been like, yeah, I'm going to deal drugs with Augustus. Instead, she's like, no, I'm doing my own thing. I'm going to brothel. And Hiram's like, of course, Madame Penelope. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I have seen but since Ke- the last dumb thing I've seen in this episode. Kevin, she's a woman. She has to use her wiles and giles. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, well, we get to Polly talking to Alice, and we get a look at a little bit of a setup for next season. Where Penny, Polly, yeah. is going to convin- convince Alice to join the cult. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you know, Alice, I know a guy at the farm, and I could bring him here, and he could, like, talk to you. He'll make you so much better. And I was like, yeah, maybe. And I'm like, Alice, you know it's a cult. You have to know it's a cult. You're so smart. You and, run a newspaper. And then Polly, like, sips her, her, like, whatever she's drinking, and, like, gives this evil glare at, at Alice. And I'm like, so I guess that's a plot for next year. Except for it was set up this year that she's very clearly in a cult. Can we just say, I am going to have a lot of trouble next season when we have a blonde female villain named Polly and a blonde female villain named Penny. Yeah, I'm going to have to And too. a female villain named Penelope. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be bad, Aaron. I'm going to call everyone by the wrong name. It's, uh, it's, but hey, I guess we're going to get a cult thing 
uh, next season. Which is cool. I, yeah, no, it's cool. I wish it was this season because um, it was set up this season. And she's definitely been in a cult for a long time. And no one – I mean, it's not surprising to me because Betty – does was not distracted. care. And no, she doesn't care, honestly. Like, like the amount of time she's been to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy and has not shut it down, I don't think she thinks organizations can be bad. But Kevin, now the cult will directly affect her by affecting her mom. <laughs> I swear, if she goes to the cult, she's like, you better leave, let my mom go or else I will, I will reveal how evil you are. And like, fine, your mom can go. And then she le- just doesn't deal with them. I'm going to burn this place to the ground. And by this place, I mean uh, this TV show. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go Let's go through this quickly. Okay. So then um, Betty and Jughead have some sex at the five seasons. Jughead effectively proposes to her. She's going to be the Serpent Queen. Which is not what Cheryl is. She's just something else. Teen marriage. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like, this affects me marriage. But then we get this foreshadowing from Jughead being like, but none of this matter for what happens the next day. Something, something terror. Yeah. So we see it's, so it's a pep rally. Yeah. When they're going to crown, I guess, Archie president. As president. Um, but <laughs> me and Aaron's were the entire time being like, Archie's going to get shot. Josie's going to get shot. Jughead's going to get shot. Mr. Weatherby's going to get shot. Someone's going to get shot. <laughs> Spoiler. No one gets shot. Archie gets crowned. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I know he doesn't. But Hiram shows up. Yeah. Hiram has a real sneaky look. <laughs> and stares at Archie. Then Archie looks at the police. Because the police storm in and they arrest Archie for killing that kid that Andre killed that Archie <laughs> claimed, weirdly claimed, claimed yeah, to kill. Claimed to have killed. And I'm like... There's not much, like, here's the thing, there's not much evidence for it, but Hiram does own the police, yep. and they're definitely going to do the, la- like, because he left, he told everyone else that kid, like, just got away, but, like, there's, there's no- enough circum- circumstantial stuff that but, if no police is on his side. Yeah. But, once again, the reason Hiram's doing this is spite. He's not doing it because Archie's an actual threat. He's an eight-year-old child who's like, you were mean to me. But don't worry, dear audience, because Mayor McCoy, Lawyer McCoy, is definitely on Archie's side, which means former Sheriff Keller, who's a real police officer, like, 32% of the time, is also on Archie's side. (laughs) Also, he was a real police officer last episode when he arrested Hal, but I guess he's not a cop more. He was allowed to be a cop just long enough to arrest Hal, and then he's like, all right, guess I'm back and gone again. I'm a civilian. <laughs> anyway, I will guess that this storyline will last for approximately two and, like, one-third episodes. And then we'll come back for another third of an episode later in the season. <sighs> Hiram's real bad at crime. He's so bad at crime. Like, like, Archie could have done nothing to him, and he's just like, I'm going to do this because you are mean to me. Oh. He's, he's an eight-year-old man against 15-year-old children. I am Hiram Lodge. And you yelled at me, so now I'm going to get you arrested for this crime. <laughs> I'm going to open a brothel. Bang. Bang, 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 bang. bang. I'm Hiram Lodge. Um. So, Aaron, yeah, Kevin. in this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Ooh, did I find a moment where logic, the grown-up, reasonable, 
white-haired, dignified gentleman, Hiram Lodge from the comics, was replaced by the drama-filled, childlike, eight-year-old, bang, 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 Hiram Lodge of the TV series. I mean, let's be clear. He wasn't this bad at the beginning of the season. He wasn't even this bad at the beginning of last episode. Replaced by the bang, bang, eight-year-old Hiram Lodge of this episode. There we go. Why, yes. Yes, I did, Kevin. And what was your moment? My moment, where logic was replaced. You already did it. You already did the thing. By drama. Just say it. Just say your bit. You already did your long bit. I was just, like, preambling. No, I got it. Just say your stuff. So when stupid lawyer McCoy helped Veronica to buy... I mean, get her trust fund back and then buy a bar. Because all Veronica, like, because there's, there's no way it's legal. Veronica just did it by threatening her dad by revealing his crimes. And she could have done that all along. She could have done that alone. She could have done that she by the scene in The White Worm she where she a, got pop-tates. She didn't need a lawyer. She did not. But you know what? Then we would have forgotten that Lawyer McCoy was a lawyer. No, we saw her do stuff with um uh Cheryl. And we also saw her do stuff with Luke Perry Andrews. That was more of a political advisor than a lawyer. That's true. Yeah. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? The fact that Archie had to identify Hal, despite the fact that Hal admitted on tape to doing it, and Archie saw him with a mask on, and they put a mask on him, and he's like, oh, that's definitely him. There's no way that can hold up in also, court. Also, Kevin, Hal, 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 Cooper yeah. does not have green eyes. I guess he does. I'm going to look again. I assume he does. I'm not going to look again, but... <laughs> um, no, he just he didn't have to do that. That was just an excuse to get Archie at the sheriff's station. And I feel like they could have done another way that wasn't so, like, like, like I have to go and identify you, uh, your dad. And then he goes there and he looks at him. He's like, no, it's him. He's one of the Black Hood. Like, it's just, so, it's, it's dumb. It's just to, like... Do you actually think the second Black Hood is Soft Boy? Um... I'm willing to accept that this show would do that because here's the thing: it actually is not that interesting to know who he is, other than the fact that he was hired by Hiram. I just didn't think the second Blackhead was tall enough to be Soft Boy. I don't think he was played by Soft Boy's actor. That's fair. But I, I would believe that I would believe that it was Soft Boy. I honestly don't care who the second Black, the Black, who the second Blackhead is because he's Hiram. He's Hiram. Like whoever he is, he's Hiram. I'm just, I'm so disappointed that he is Hal. Like the first Black Hood. I really wish the second Black Hood was something more interesting. Yeah, because all it did was feed into more into that, like, dark, like, family darkness thing. But it didn't give us a good, like, if we knew the family darkness was, like, if they actually did a better darkness instead of just, like, kind of gray. Like, don't get me wrong. It's so hard to describe. The Murder's dark, bad. The problem is, though, the darkness is all nurture. Yeah. None of that darkness is nature. It yeah, it doesn't feel like it's nature. So Betty just has to be raised better, which she clearly was by her crazy mom. Yeah. To not be a murderer. Like, that's the thing. It's not established that the mur the darkness is something that's, like, innate in all of the yeah. characters. It just feels like they've been mentally, like, abused, which yeah. sucks. And it's a terrible thing. Yeah. But, like... Nothing, none of it feels natural. Like, like, Betty didn't even have this idea of darkness until it was planted in her by her dad. And, like, nurture and nature is actually super interesting. Yeah. But we're not playing that argument no, on they're, the they're, TV they're, show. No, they're going really hard for fate. Um, and Jughead's trying to be like, I mean, circumstances. And she's like, no, not circumstances. Fate. Look at these monster babies. It's innate in all of us. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It is what it is. 
Yeah, it wasn't a thrilling um, ending, which sucks because we kind of came into it like like hoping to get some cool stuff out of it. But we got pretty much like what we expected, except for like like, and there were some moments in it that were just completely bizarre. Like, whatever the hell is up with Cheryl? Um, and hi- learning that Hiram's plan is just as like dumb and uh, like obviously evil as we thought it would be. Like, I kind of wish it was smarter. Mm-hmm. Like him, like I'm opening a prison. Everyone hates the like. If if you're gonna run drugs through it, maybe don't open something that everyone automatically hates. But I mean, you couldn't what? expect they. No, he did expect they all. Yeah, no, he, hated. Knew, he. That's why he did all the other stuff because he knew they would hate the prison. But like a normal city would not automatically hate it. <laughs> yes, but I think he knows that this. Like he went into that under like knowing that they would hate the prison. That's why he kept it a secret. Yeah. So he knew they would hate the prison. And then, but he decided, like, I, like I'm like i going to take something that people hate and do crime through it. And I'm like, and open a brothel. That'd be cool with that. I just, I feel like I, if I didn't have this podcast, don't really need to see next season. I, yeah, that's, what, that's sort of what I what I said as well. Like, like I there's no cliffhanger. There's yeah. no like thing. And I'm not saying you need a cliffhanger, but you need a something that draws me back and makes me go. Hmm, yeah, like I'm. I guess next? I'm kind of excited to see the cult, but like they've done so badly with like this. Like, deal with the Sisters of Quiet Mercy before you bring in a cult. Yeah, because the Sisters of Quiet Mercy is already pretty cultish. This like, is true. Like Polly went from one cult to another cult. No, I mean, again, that's super realistic. So that nothing's going to. Uh, do you want? With. Do what bugs me though? They're probably going to be like, oh, and Polly has the darkness because, like, you saw that look she gave. I mean, Polly does have the darkness, so. But I, mean, I accept that. But like that part of that's nurture because she was in a cult. Like she's indoctrinated into a cult. No, Polly's bad. She did Jason. Jason, but that wasn't a bad thing. The darkness, Kevin. It wasn't a bad thing. The darkness. This wasn't a bad thing. The darkness. Uh, all right. Well, hey, you should talk to us. Yeah, you know what? We have a long time to talk about Riverdale. <laughs> this, this, this is our uh, this is our enthusiastic uh, ending for the season, where we're like, hey, you should talk to us about what just happened. You, you know what? There's interesting stuff now. Yeah. Give us your theories. Give us your favorite characters. Give us your predictions for next season. Like, hit yeah. us up. We are on social media. We are on um, Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on email. It's all Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA. Our email is podcastmoa at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's, that's about it. I think you hit all of them. You can also rate us, review us, subscribe uh, us. Yeah. I'm pretty sleepy, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, hit us up. So, yeah, hit us up. Tell us uh, tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. We're going to watch some more OC. Yeah. We'll like, so, we'll, we'll like that better. Follow us along with that. Yeah, yeah we're back in the OC. Will Archie beat the murder rap? Who from the farm is coming to talk to Alice? Will Hiram ever use that Zoltar machine to become little again? For answers to all this and more, join us next season on Mystery, Outsiders, and Abs. A teen drama fan cast?